hi guys hey guys welcome back to the podcast it is riley and Paige. let's go let's go (laughs) (laughs) we're laughing because actually we'll get to it we'll get to it (laughs) start off Wanna start off? Today is a really, really special episode because we have my lifelong best friend, um, environmental environmental activist, my neighbor, my blood, Victoria. (laughs) Yes. So, Victoria, would you like to say hi to the listeners today? Yeah, I'll say hi. I'm so honored to be on the podcast because, well, I've never been on podcast before, and it's always been on my bucket list. Great. Do you want to, like, introduce yourself a little bit with, um, maybe we should do, like, pronouns, favorite color, yeah, and favorite ice cream flavor. Go. Okay. Uh, he- oh, my God. I almost said he, she. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. She, her. My favorite color is green right now. Yummy. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite ice cream flavor is definitely hazelnut. And then a little bit about me um well next year i'm going to college i don't know where yet but i'm going to be studying environmental policy um i volunteered for san diego 350 i worked on my bronze award in girl scouts with the tory pines nature reserve and i also volunteer with um i love a clean san diego we're getting real here on yeah. the pod. We really have, good human. We have some credible sources. Some credible sources. Yeah. 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 And i'm also well in well, we all are, right? An AP environmental center. Oh, I'm not telling you. Uh, I'm also an apes, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, we've been learning a lot in that class, too. Okay, maybe Riley has <laughs> Riley shaking her head. Yikes! Like, no, no. Okay, um, question of the pod. What did you guys... Okay, so it's the 23rd today. Um, yesterday was Earth Day. What did you guys do? So they were making fun of me because I planted a small tree. It has it's it's, it's literally a seed. you planted a seed. I planted a seed that will eventually turn into a tree. But I point to if the tree and I go, it, Riley. Yes, you have to, like, I will. I will keep it in check. Okay, okay. I'll keep it. The box is lined up, but yeah, I planted a seed <laughs> and it will eventually turn into a tree. Um, despite all of the negative energy and doubt going into the growing process, Victoria, what did you do? I didn't do, like, anything specific. I think I was, like, I did what I usually do, which is I drove my electric car. I didn't use any, like, carbon. I didn't use any sources from, like, I didn't use any electricity that's sourced from, like, fossil fuels. So that was, mm-hmm. like, our school operates completely off of solar energy, which is super cool. Oh, at CCA. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so does our so does my house of course like we still have like gas but we didn't use gas um, that's great earth day every day i guess and earth Paige? Day, earth day every day <laughs> every day, earth day is every day um i have been a vegetarian for a long time and um i think i mean it saves a lot of water saves a lot of animals and it's every day earth day every day i every i day. agree that if you eat eggs meat whatever it can only be sourced ethically i've seen a lot of like i saw this tiktok where a guy was vegan but he ate eggs for breakfast because they came from his neighbor's chickens and you know Mm -hmm. like it's not unethically sourced um and i also we can kind of jump right into it when i say this but 
I did not buy any clothes online because yep. online clothing is just, you know, yeah, totally terrible. fast fashion. Do you want to start off with like an easy topic like fast fashion to get into? Yeah, definitely. Well, like also I wanted to bring up like I think that this kind of adds into it. We were talking about like performative activism mm-hmm. early on and like I saw like a bunch of like influencers posting stuff about Earth Day and like, oh, like love our Mother Earth. And they were not only using like the day to like promote like a product that was like mm-hmm. environmentally friendly but in the past they promote like all these fast fashion businesses yeah. which is so frustrating to see and like i swipe like i'm usually trying not to be like negative to influencers because i know like and but like i was like yeah. like this is so wrong that you're using earth day to uh profit and that you also don't clearly don't care about the environment like you're just promoting right. like super fast like so much fast fashion you don't care about the environment they're using it to get likes on vacation trips you know where you literally take a plane like of course we're not the most perfect human beings ever but small steps go a long way when a lot of people are doing them and do you want to speak because some people might be like what's what even is fast fashion and what is wrong with that so most people don't even understand what that is can you kind of break it down for simple terms break it up for the listeners yep (laughs) the people at home yeah of course so well there's quite several things wrong with fast fashion the first thing i would bring up is the exploitation oh not say (laughs) that word exploitation of uh human labor a lot of where our clothes are produced comes from thailand um china and other countries in asia where there is no set minimum wage so the majority of the clothes that we're purchasing are coming from people who are in working in really harsh conditions that would not be acceptable here. They're making less than like a dollar a wa- day a wage. And it's really horrifying to see what conditions they have to live with. And then second of all, how our clothes are being produced is so horrible for the environment, not only with the transportation, but also with the amount of water it takes to dye, to create like just a shirt you know and so it's really disgusting to see that so many companies are profiting off of human labor that's like just not good for anybody and it's also bad for the environment yeah pretty much like i mean you guys have all taken a push a world um ap world like we learned about how women were put in a seat for hours on end paid like garbage and were in very bad conditions like the fire on the apartment or whatever some like factory fires it's like scary and it's not just because it's not in the united states does not mean it's completely erased forever like it's still happening it is necessary it is in the united states but obviously it's not as but most of the the large amount of it is out outsourced Mm -hmm. and so how can someone avoid companies that would exploit their um employee base and also exploit um you know their 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 consumer nature with the amount of water and the amount of material used (laughs) when you're trying to reach the word count on the essay you're funny (laughs) water and materials (laughs) The first thing I would say right now is think before you buy. Do you need this shirt? Do you need that pair of pants? You know, we have so many, I know I have so many items in my closet. I'm trying not to buy clothes because I know it's not something I need. Mm -hmm. If I do need something, I'm going to buy something I know is good quality and that I can wear for a long time. And it doesn't always 
of course, I know a lot of people are on a budget, so you can't always afford like Patagonia mm-hmm. or Levi or really nice quality things, but you can also save up for those items instead of exactly going to like H&M Some pe- yeah. or somewhere that just doesn't really care about the environment. Some also- people get really frustrated when things are like overpriced and I'm yeah. like, they're overpriced because they're usually ethically made, you know? I think that yeah. also, I know this is super popular with our generation, but thrift shopping um, helps to recycle clothing and that's another ethical way to shop. But what I would steer clear of and be careful with is that like, brands like urban outfitters h&m they have all these conscious lines mm-hmm. and what they do is it's kind of greenwashing they yeah, say they're doing, i heard that term yeah. for the first time today so um overall i just want to like this is not just in the fashion industry this happens with like cleaning materials mm-hmm. cooking supplies things like that where companies will label something as green or recyclable when it's not actually for example with the h&m conscious line i was super excited because i love h&m and it's not like i never buy anything from there because sometimes i do like their jeans but i try and hold on to their jeans for several years mm-hmm. instead of just getting rid of them um but i was super excited about their conscious line but i did a little bit more research into it and so they're able to label it conscious after maybe doing one small tiny yeah. thing that might be sort of good for the environment like oh maybe they didn't use one sort of dye in those jeans but the rest they used so much water and it was they used exploitation of resources and workers you know and so there's like one little thing that's changed but the majority of it is still bad so yeah also like with cleaning supplies i mean it's um kind of visible people pay a higher price for a recyclable bottle a um, compostable bottle it's nothing changed. It's the plastic bottle lined in cardboard, you know? Like, yeah. They're just profiting off of this, like, eco mindset mm-hmm. when they don't really care. They just want money. I just think it... I always found when I shop with a more conscious outlook, and I've definitely had to adjust my mindset this year and be more conscious about my purchases, but um, when I shop more consciously, I find that I buy things that I love more. And it's more meaningful. It's less, it's less mundane. Like I will hold on to clothes for a long time and they'll be personal and they'll, and they'll be, you know, I'm actually going to get stuff out of it. So Mm -hmm. I think shopping consciously is really important for mental health too. Yeah. We're both obsessed with Buffalo Exchange. We're definitely Buffalo advocates. And I think they do a great job of doing that. I mean, they take your, they take the clothes Mm -hmm. and they repurpose them like of course you can donate your clothes but if you're looking to get an extra book yeah so you can make money (laughs) you can use apps too online they're supporting it yeah um like thread up or depop but the Mm -hmm. only problem is like packaging with that but still it's better than um throwing your clothes away or or necessarily even donating sometimes so yeah i think that like recently on like on earth day i've been thinking more about the idea of accountability like as a consumer you need to be accountable for your own actions and ask yourself certain questions like what actions do i make that are impacting the environment do you drive a car that has an internal combustion engine do you have 
and do you use energy that's generated from fossil fuels? Do you eat a lot of meat and a lot of fish? Where do you shop? Stuff like that. Like every decision you're making is impacting the environment. And it's really easy to just blame these big companies and be like, well, they made it easy. And yeah, of course, they're making it easier by having hamburgers that are really cheap or those pair of jeans that are super cheap. But it also relies on you making good choices that help to benefit our environment. Yeah, totally. I feel like it's up to this generation to create like a culture shift and um i read this quote somewhere and it was like it's 2021 it's cool to care like it's right it's cool to care like this actually matters and we're at a time where it's important Mm -hmm. because global warming is real and we actually need to create social and cultural changes especially in america right which we we are a developed country and we consume the most resources we Mm -hmm. need to create changes here so that um developing countries will follow eventually Mm -hmm. i think it's important um there's like been a really big debate about uh gas cars and electric cars but then i heard there's kind of like pros and cons with each so i don't really know Mm -hmm. the cons for electric cars victoria do you want to speak on that yeah um i definitely there are pros and cons of each i think a lot of it is if you're buying a fuel efficient car that maybe does run on oil that it's you're still making a better decision for the earth by making it more efficient if your car gets like 35 miles to the gallon that's still better for the environment than driving like a jeep that gets like 15 miles to the gallon or something like that regarding then uh like electric cars i do drive an electric car but there are some things wrong with it you know the parts that we use for electric cars they're still being it still takes fossil fuels and energy to transport that and you know the labor is not always the most ethical in addition batteries can sometimes be made of nickel which are really bad for the environment and hard to um actually manage like the waste of nickel batteries and so that is a problem um i actually have a little bit more about transportation like i wrote down some notes just because I didn't want to forget things I wanted to talk about. (laughs) So your typical vehicle emits 4.6 metric tons of carbon dioxide per year. So that's just like your personal vehicle. That's not like a big truck. Wait, so carbon dioxide is like... Do you want to explain carbon dioxide? Because people hear that word all the time. People hear carbon dioxide and think, oh my Uh, god, that's good. It comes from the trees. But an excess amount of carbon dioxide, what does that mean? We produce... like. Carbon dioxide is a part of sorry um, of cellular respiration. Basically, we're breathing in oxygen. We let out, we produce carbon dioxide. That's natural. Mm-hmm. That's a natural part of life. Mm-hmm. However, when we're creating, we create fifty-one billion metric tons of um, carbon dioxide per year. This year, there was actually a five percent decrease because of the pandemic. So I think it was right. about forty-nine billion metric tons, but it's still a huge That's amount insane. and it's oh sorry it's predicted to go up and spike um in years because we're only getting our population's only getting right, bigger right and we're not really there's some investment and new technology into more renewable um sources of energy but basically co2 that's like kind of just abbreviated um it's a form of carbon carbon is it's a natural part of the carbon cycle but basically what happens is when you're burning fossil fuels it's carbon dioxide is getting produced it's a chemical reaction and it's a greenhouse gas 
and that is what's responsible for warming our atmosphere because it gets trapped within our stratosphere close oh my to God. the earth i can't i and can't keep up <laughs> i actually can't understand because i do take ap environmental and if your high school offers that class i would recommend it you are such a liar no i do i know <laughs> the stratosphere the trotosphere the trophosphere Ooh, okay. trophosphere okay. whatever okay. so the stratosphere also has our ozone layer which protects us from like uv light lights yeah. but basically what it's, had happened was it's degrading basically it's like the there's holes because of the excess amount of carbon there's going to be holes in the stratosphere which will create um the mm-hmm. uv from the sun to come into the earth and heat it up wow yeah you're genius wink wink there's definitely been like when the ozone layer was being depleted like there's been a lot of restrictions about cfcs which were causing the depletion um and so what's a cfc it's it's basically like it's something that people use it's in old buildings and stuff it's Mm. it's just like it's like a chemical that's used in not really a chemical but it's a product that's like a byproduct of building like a refrigerator or something like that and it's dangerous and it's it was used a lot during like the 90s um 80s and into the i think yeah like 90s and 80s Mm -hmm. um but it it's definitely been banned in a lot of countries so you might see it a little bit in some older buildings but it's not supposed to be used anymore because of the effect Mm -hmm. it had on the ozone layer um but like other we were talking about more about like transportation um but definitely with like personal vehicles that's a major contributor to um like climate change and also the flights we're taking like the average flight produces about 64,000 pounds of carbon dioxide like and that's like about a three-hour flight like I'm just right like it's like a shorter flight Mm -hmm. so that's so much and right now they are trying to find new technology there is a flight like an electric engine that can fly 100 miles which is not very far right now but that's probably i doubt that's going to be in our lifetime though i I mean i think the electric plane can fly 100 miles right now right oh yeah 100 miles is like literally nothing it's not that far (laughs) at all like um but the problem is storing like a battery of that size on a right. plane. It's gigantic. Too, it's so gigantic the takeaway for transportation, what I'm getting at is it doesn't necessarily have to be electric right now, but right. I think if we sw- switch our focus to more so miles per gallon and kind of like the uh, materials used to create the car, like less so nickel and battery. Yeah, um... Right sources now, what i would say right now if you have the ability to purchase an electric car do so that's that's soon they're gonna like gas cars are gonna be obsolete they're gonna be banned they're not gonna mm-hmm. be signed i think they anymore. already like there's major yeah. restrictions the epa is putting restrictions on a lot of cars so they're soon gonna have to be 35 miles to the gallon right. and whatnot and into the future if you want to hold off for a few years to see what kind of technology they have that's okay too because i know like so mm-hmm. many car companies are coming out with new models yeah it's only gonna get more improved i think but what you're gonna see is like uh cities like amsterdam is no longer gonna allow gas cars in their city and you're gonna see that with more cities too they're just not gonna want you to come up and smog up their city with your car mm-hmm. you know and so i would definitely make the switch if that's not possible and if you need to have a gas car try a hybrid model try mm-hmm. public transportation and 
always try and bike and walk, you know, mm-hmm. where you can. You don't always need to take a car. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Because we've seen a 5% decrease, which is actually a ton in the carbon, in the billions, you know, of carbon output just from this pandemic. So, um, literally insane. Yeah. What's next, Victoria? So let's keep it down. Let's keep the numbers down. Let's keep it going, guys. Let's reduce it by 10%. Well, I think what we need to do is really get it down to zero. Like, that's the only way it's going to make a difference. But But what can our listeners do day to day? Okay, yeah. So, um, (laughs) okay, so I'm getting tired. (laughs) Uh, One of the things I wanted to talk about was diet, which Paige brought up earlier. And she was telling us all how she's vegetarian, which is a great thing. And you are. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually stopped eating fish. Okay, so vegetarian. Yeah, I kind of want to be a shrimpitarian because I love shrimp. shrimp. (laughs) I'm addicted to shrimp. What shrimp is harvested the worst? And I learned this as a junior guard because they have to take the fishing nets, which then deplete the entire like ecosystem because it 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 basically destroys all of the vegetation and it traps sharks and boy what yeah they take huge nets oh my god how they trap the how you think the shrimp catch onto a little fishing rod no i wasn't thinking that i'm just like oh shrimp i know girl shrimp is so good but that's the thing for everybody some people are like oh my god how are you vegetarian i love bacon i'm like yeah you can get over it you know know what i never thought about it that way yeah okay sorry continue (laughs) yeah so one of the first things i wanted to bring up about diet is first methane because this was what made like the me really want to switch to mm-hmm. being vegetarian when i watched it like there was there i know there's a lot of documentaries about it but um i just wrote down the definition of methane so we can all kind of like have like a precise like because i know it sounds kind of bad but right. you don't know exactly what it is so it's the main component of natural gas natural gas is one of the three fossil fuels and it's one of the most potent greenhouse gases it has 23 times the effect of carbon dioxide mm. which boy is, that's a that's a pretty big deal yep uh and so our wish we had our soundboard right now we'd yeah. be like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. yeah and so our meat industry is responsible for two billion tons of carbon dioxide that's released into the atmosphere per year live so to speak on um if you want to watch any good documentaries about the agriculture and its relates to um global warming i would recommend cowspiracy definitely and oh um, wait have i seen that it's really good you probably have it basically yeah just walks through the effects of the agricultural industry livestock is responsible for 65 percent of all human related nitrous oxide emissions so it's pretty big and one hamburger is equivalent to the use of 660 gallons of water. Yeah. What? Come on, Dave. Oh, Come on. oh my Dave. God. I'm shocked that you didn't know this. Even I knew the number. Yeah, that's... Uh, what? Yeah. It's a huge amount of water. That's a butt ton they, of water. They, I think that this is fact that... This, that comes straight from like cowspiracy. Cowspiracy, yep. <laughs> yeah. Great yeah. Uh, okay, now I need oh, to watch that. Oh, seaspiracy is also a great yes. one. On I only watch. Um, I watch Shrimp Black Girl. Girl. How about you watch Seaspiracy? <laughs> Get back. I watch. I watch Blackfish recently. We also have to <laughs> understand. What about Shamu? Yeah, that one is really depressing. That has nothing to do with I'm anything, not going to but it's pretty sad. Anymore. But I think we have to understand, too, that um, these documentaries obviously are biased. They're trying to prove a point. But mm-hmm. 
we we and should dram- look into the dramatic it dramatizes it but we still should take some of the known facts scientific facts from it away you yeah. know i'm not going to claim that this is all 100 percent real because it's has bias it holds bias but we should still look into it no i i agree a lot with riley what she's saying i think that they do present a lot of really interesting facts and they have people from those industries who have exited telling you about what's going on so you definitely should take everything with a grain of salt that you see for that's created for entertainment purposes but also they were presenting some pretty interesting facts and i think there was a lot of work put into that documentary um i think we're also seeing like a lot of overgrazing that's used so overgrazing is what happens when um, livestock is put on different farms and they're put on a lot of times common land and they're basically ruining the soil they're ruining the habitat like or they're ruining ecosystems by eating all that grass and what's like already living there and that land is needed for like our cattle and stuff Mm -hmm. but that's only needed because we consume so much meat and that's why yeah it's like taking over it's taking over and it's causing desert desertification of um, many parts of our country and that also contributes to an increase in carbon dioxide because though there's not as many trees is that like the on is that like the land version of overfishing um overgrazing it's a little bit different but there is it's similar in the way that with overfishing mm-hmm. by taking away from that population of fish mm-hmm. that you're yeah. taking away from the entire ecosystem right and then there's not as many there's not as much like coral and plants to um hold in carbon dioxide yeah i was gonna like say the same thing basically like when there's no fish or you know plant biodiversity eventually the ecosystem becomes destitute because it's like a it's like a card game or what's it what's that game when you dominoes it's like a domino effect right um and it's the same thing like if there isn't any vegetation to produce oxygen um there's then, a problem then the land's gonna become barren and destitute and destitute. oftentimes <laughs> it's really hard to refurbish the soils in these areas like yeah um it is hard for ecosystems to come alive again after you have a little te- you have a little southern accent happening right oh yeah now. i know <laughs> i think i have a speech it impediment just came out of you like few we, times. i literally have a speech impediment i did go to speech did therapy you know as a i child, went to so. speech therapy when i was a child i, I had the I worst s i couldn't say th i couldn't say like the i couldn't say a lot of things including jacuzzi i said kachuzzi <laughs> and i couldn't say pillow i said palo of course you said palo. so i met multiple I people that said palo and i'm like i know and i had to go to I'm handwriting like, therapy i was friends. just um a mess i guess Still yeah i had a terrible lisp anyway i think we should talk about how like obviously all these facts are like very shocking and they kind of make me want to change it up y'all so i think we should talk about how our listeners can implement some of this into their lifestyles because um i think it's important definitely um, okay. <laughs> are you sure you're about that a lot of pressure on our scientists yeah. here you're yeah miss girl be, share she's supposed to be giving us the topics and you're kind of giving her the topics but whatever. excuse okay, me it's fine um, it's, this is a test there's a lot of 
different things that our listeners can do. Can you send this podcast into your college applications? Be like, I, I is- am a genius. Thank you. Yes, excuse me. Well, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say I don't have a degree in oh, environmental yeah. science. Really? I'm, I am planning on getting one, but so far I don't have one. What does, like, I know this is kind of off topic, but what does that degree, like, let's say environmental studies, what jobs can that major get you because i've literally never heard of like an environmental studies so job. what my dream job is i want to be an environmental specialist in the epa if you guys don't know what the epa is it's our environmental protection agency mm-hmm. um it's basically what sets the regulations the laws the policies that help to protect our environment in the united states it is a government organization so mm-hmm. of course there is going to be like a lot of red tape and it's bureaucracy of course right. so um, I do feel like that that <laughs> has whatever it has, it has if you motives. say whatever the problem is it well, com- like let's say corporate America doesn't have good yeah, motives no 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 I was just joking <laughs> um but that's definitely where I want to work of course you can work at other like independent places like there's the right. NRDC which is the National Re- Resources Defense Council mm-hmm. Greenpeace Sierra Club there's an, so many mm-hmm. different organizations that um do work that like require people who have worked in environment i specifically remember greenpeace because they would wait outside at our local mall and i would go to like panda express when i was like seven and then they would have (laughs) a vegan orange chicken with like little sample toothpicks i was gonna say that i specifically remember sierra club because i think my mom and it was great vegan orange chicken okay (laughs) i'd be like why am i eating at panda express i would rather have some tofu thank you good night Sierra Club used to send my mom like free backpacks. So flex. <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely a lot of like great environmental organizations out there. There's also a lot of environmental law firms that sue companies that like the Koch brothers and things like that who are just right. basically basically deforesting our land. So it's very sad. And so it's important to have these law groups and people who work for environmental justice organizations and i think it's important you like reference the earth as like our land it's so true because no if you look no way if you look at <laughs> if you look at um easter island and all of those case studies you'll see the studies it's the tragedy of the commons this is a shared earth even after we we reformed the united states we're then gonna have to focus on china and all of these other issues but obviously the united states funds that but yeah yeah i'm actually really happy you brought up tragedy of the commons because i think that's such an important important issue and we definitely see that with fishing right now and that is one of the main reasons why overfishing is such a major problem um and so one example i want to bring up is say that you're a farmer and Mm -hmm. you farm chickens and Mm -hmm. Basically, one day you go and you have five chickens and you could sell all five chickens that day. But then the next day, you're not going to have any chickens to sell. So, you know, maybe today I'll take two to go sell, but I'm going to leave three so I have something to sell tomorrow and maybe they'll repopulate Mm -hmm. and I can sell more chickens into the future, right? Because that farmer cares about, or her, there's also women farmers, (laughs) (laughs) that they also they care about how much money they're making and that land and that those chickens are theirs right they are responsible property yeah it's property but when we look at our oceans there are no property rights so basically whatever yeah whatever you catch whatever you don't catch 
is not gonna be there tomorrow because guess what? Someone else is gonna get it. So none of these fishermen, none of these companies care whatsoever because guess what? Everyone has the same access. It's first come, first serve, and it's every man for themselves when it comes to fishing, which is so dangerous because we're just sweeping and sweeping all of the fish we can into these gigantic Oh my god, that was so loud. (laughs) Sorry, there's children (laughs) screaming. But um, one solution to this issue is in New Zealand, we're seeing property rights for Mm -hmm. the oceans. So I think New Zealand is such a cool country for so many reasons. But one of the really amazing things they're doing is they're selling pieces of the ocean to specific organizations. So they're saying it's all wild caught fish and they're trying to conserve that population of fish while still getting like food sources from mm-hmm. it because of course fishing is never going to stop mm-hmm. you know we're gonna... and, and farm fishing is an okay alternative because well, wait i don't know farm so farm fishing is. fishing is basically when they control a certain group of fish like for example farm fish salmon they're going to control a su- certain group of fish and they're going to repopulate in these nets that are just you know they keep populating and keep taking from and keep populating and keep taking from and so i literally never heard of that price yeah so yeah. it's you can either get like fra- uh wild caught fish which is caught mm-hmm. in the ocean or like farm fish which is a controlled a bre- population breeded. and breeded oh, area of fish and usually it's out in open waters but obviously it's unethical and um what would you say on farm fishing yeah sorry i have a sneeze real quick so i did want to just yeah yeah. <laughs> Why can I literally not talk today? Like I, That's as okay. soon as I go on a podcast, literally, no, I can't no talk. There's no difference. Um, but I wanted to just explain like the difference between farm fishing and property rights real quick, just so no one gets confused. Farm fishing is very different than property rights because property rights does occur. It is wild caught fish, mm-hmm. and use they're not they're kind of controlling the population, like they're conserving the population, but it doesn't occur in the same way as it's like farm fishing is of on a very large scale what they're doing is they're raising fish in very small confined areas like off the coast of scotland they do this a lot mm-hmm. and while riley is right it is more sustainable because you're not taking fish then from the rest of the ocean however there are quite a few problems with it it creates so much pollution from these fish the fish also isn't like no one really wants to eat farmed fish because they're swimming around in their own waste there's a lot of disease there's mm-hmm. like fish lice and in seaspiracy you see videos of literally light like fish being eaten alive by the lice and it's really gruesome oh my god and so i would want to put there, there yeah i just think it's like keep track of what farm you're buying from and you can easily look it up online like for example um there are open sea fish farms that obviously fish lice and all of these horrible diseases wouldn't occur so just keep tabs on it if you go to a supermarket you can easily google the farm and mm-hmm. you know just take the time it's not that hard yeah and i think that riley raises a really good point i would definitely do your research don't just rely on what labels are saying because they're just trying to get money from you like we talked about earlier it's greenwashing or well blue washing i guess but it's it's pretty horrible that they're like dolphin safe all these things when it's not you're it where the fda doesn't really have that many restrictions or guidelines for what 
these labels need to say or what process they have to get through to get like certified like this certified like that yeah really, it's just a money-making business um what you should be doing or what you can be doing is reducing the amount of fish you eat or cutting it out altogether right and so i understand that fish is heavy with omega-3 fatty acids but you can also take supplements for right that. that's why yeah. vitamins exist <laughs> um if you don't want but to also out- that sounds so like destitute like Oh, if I if I can't eat fish, I have to take a vitamin. It's like no, that you can get omega threes in multiple yeah, exactly. in a multitude of eat an avocado. Vegan it just resources. takes work. Yeah. It just I know takes a little work. Use a lot of water too, though. So there's we a can never win. But yeah, um, some other like facts that um, from Seaspiracy that I had like I recently learned are that. <laughs> predictions indicate our oceans are going to be empty by 2048 which is no way that's so scary <laughs> that is that freaked me out that's nerve-wracking that's, that's not that long at all that 46 of the per- of the plastic in our ocean so you're seeing like the pacific garbage patch all these things right that's just fishing nets just fishing nets. oh my god that's not even like us using Whatever, like our yeah. starbucks cup yeah you know? right which by the way if you can Try and use yeah. reusable um, cups, bags, containers, stuff like that. Um, but also the fishing industry relies a lot on slavery. In places like Thailand, mm-hmm. like they showed it, like people literally are slaves on this ship. And so oh it's super God. sad. They also die. Basically what they're doing is they're dying the fish pink. Oh my so God. what might look super healthy because it's pink it's actually gray fish that just has been dyed pink so just be wary about what you're eating definitely do research into it do research into the farms where your hamburger is coming in from mm-hmm. but it's so, definitely hard the world's gotten so complicated you know yeah. that it's not super easy to just be like make the right yeah. decision Paige, may- do you want to speak because i have a conspiracy theory well i was just gonna say it may take a lot of work but it's really just like your morals like mm-hmm. it you you can like you don't have you, to care yeah, you can but completely, it is like, cool if you do you it's can completely dismiss what space. i'm saying but if you really do have empathy then you will sorry yeah. what's your conspiracy theory? and honestly i've been like shifting yeah i'm just saying yeah yeah totally so I've totally been shifting to a more conscious mindset and it's brought a lot of meaning to my life to shop more sustainably and to be more mindful about what I eat and what I do, uh, you know, traveling and stuff. But I think I have a conspiracy theory and drop a comment if you agree. (laughs) My conspiracy theory is that everyone is going to continue doing the same thing and eventually we're going to be, the world is going to be forced into vegetarian or veganism because we will literally have no more seafood. People do not care. as soon as the oceans become destitute, our lands will become destitute Mm -hmm. because everything is interconnected. So as soon as the oceans die, our farming will die, and eventually we are going to be living off of lentils and avocados, guys. It really does take a lot of effort. Like, like some people cannot care and continue eating how they do, but the people who are making an effort, it will just be unnoticed if people do not do it collectively. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It's it's the little things. You don't need to go zero to a hundred, but every day making small changes will make a big difference. Period. Seriously, if you if you literally start off by eating one meal that has less 
uh, animal byproducts in it. Yeah. That makes a difference. One less hamburger. One less hamburger so is six hundred sixty gallons of water. Oh like I'm not. Oh like, my god! I am like the token uh, not vegetarian of the group right now. Oh, yeah. So I'm speaking no on judgment. this. No, no judgment at all. It's just I am conscious though, yeah. and I try and, you know, queen. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. All right, Victoria, um, would oh. you like to wrap it up? We appreciate you so much for being yeah. on our podcast. This is our first guest. She, and wants to, she wants to say one more thing. We already spoke on fossil fuels, multiple okay. organs. Well, Miss Queen Victoria gets what she wants. Talk about fossil fuels. Okay. Well, I just wanted to suggest a few alternatives to fossil fuels real quick. There's actually like two things I'll add as quickly as I can um, that – Instead of using the three fossil fuels we use today are natural gas, coal, and oil. Instead, we can use nuclear energy, hydroelectric power, solar energy, wind power, biomass, and geothermal energy. So there are so many different sources we can use instead of using all these non-renewable and unsustainable um, energy sources. And then I also just wanted to... Like, we have options, people. Let's see yeah, some reform. Let's sign some petitions. Let's yeah, do this. Try and change <laughs> from using, like, try and get solar panels on your house. You know, just do it. Like, it's an investment. It's an investment in not only your house, but also in our earth. And guess what? The sun's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I did want to talk about how yesterday was Earth Day and there were some political um movements made so president biden has pledged to reduce carbon emissions by half by the end of the decade which is really big news it's super exciting um countries like india and china are also promising to reduce their coal consumption canada has promised to uh, coal um, coal consumption is huge too so i'm glad yeah it's a huge carbon output uh china has the biggest coal consumption right now not like the United States isn't responsible for a lot of it, too. Um, Canada has agreed to lower their emissions by 45% by 2030, which is pretty big. Mm -hmm. We Um, love Canada. And Japan (laughs) has promised to have zero emissions by 2050. What? I think, yeah, this is... Hello, Japan. This is all really great, but I'm going to be excited more when If Tokyo can do it, the United States can do it. Like, what is it? Okay, Tokyo does not rule Japan. Miss girl, what? It's one. It's one city. It's <laughs> no, I know. I'm saying if Tokyo, a huge city, can right, convert to right. zero emissions, yeah, I'm sure small towns and cities across yeah. America can I'm also do it. I'm to be an American, but like, I want to yeah. move to New Zealand. I want to move yeah, to Canada. I, I called I it. I want my president to be a woman. Yeah, <laughs> yum. New Zealand too. Not yum, but like, yes, the vibes. Um, I think that if I could end with any advice, it's. Hold yourself accountable, your friends, your family, your leadership, your politicians, because this is important. This is the issue. Like, there are so many important issues right now, but this is what's really going to dictate our future. This is happening now. Action needs to be required. And while it's great that small changes are being made, we do need to take drastic action in order to reverse the course of history and the future, what's going on right now. We've put so much carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. We do need to stop and so it is important to hold yourself accountable and to make these changes yay and victoria i did want to say thank, thank you to you. riley and Paige for oh, having this me literally we so are much honored fun. we are honored victoria you're such a special person and <laughs> um we are cherishing your knowledge and we hope to inspire um just a few listeners out there to 
you know, reevaluate their circumstances and what they can do. Period. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Okay, this is so fun. Cookies and oat milk milk and cookies. (laughs) Bye. Kisses. Bye. Bye.